0: I have nothing to add there. All I can say is just take your notebook, whoever is listening, just note down because... today we are here back again with another interesting conversation with my fellow learned friend lillian olivia orero she's a lawyer an award-winning writer and researcher and uh, i'll let her introduce herself more welcome lillian olivia
1: thank you so much valerie i'm glad to be on your podcast today
0: you're very very welcome how has your here started have you resumed work or you're still in the holiday mood how is it like for you
1: um, I must say my 2021 has started on a high note. I've already resumed work, mm-hmm. And yeah, there's a lot mm-hmm. going on. Yeah. There's a lot going on. I'm just looking forward to so much more.
0: Okay, great. So tell us a, b- a bit about yourself for those who do not know you.
1: Okay. So as you have heard, my name is Lillian Olivia Orrero and I'm a lawyer by profession. Besides that, I hold so many titles, like it's always so hard for me to describe who I am. But in like five titles, I'd call myself a youth advocate, a human rights enthusiast, a sustainable development goals proponent, a global peace ambassador, a world literacy ambassador, but all in all, I believe that I am a people servant. I am passionate about mm-hmm. youth inclusion in matters to do with governance and public policy formulation. And so, in summary, that is who I am.
0: Wow, amazing, amazing. You have very, you know, uh, great tattoos there to brag about. And uh, so I would just like to know, I don't know, you know, we are both in the profession yeah. and then um, you, you, we are still both young in the profession. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they usually say the expectation versus reality, like what you think your career is about when you're in school, still studying, mm-hmm. and then what you meet when you're out there in the real work environment. That's so how was it like for you transitioning from studying to working?
1: I remember, you see, when you're in campus, you have this big Mm -hmm. vision of, you know, when I graduate, I'm going to be one of the top (laughs) lawyers in Kenya. This is what I have planned for my life. And then once you graduate, what hits you is there are no jobs. That's the first reality that hits you, Mm -hmm. that you're now an adult Mm -hmm. and you need to cater for your own bills. So that's the second reality. Mm-hmm. And for me, when I actually graduated, I hit the ground running because I knew from people who are ahead of me that it's not going to be all rosy. And so I remember a time when I was still in campus, but I already started applying mm-hmm. for jobs as if I had already graduated. So for me... I'm always like thinking ahead what's next what's next so the reality is it's good to have dreams and ambitions while in campus but you also have to know that out here you need to actually start looking for opportunities and to position yourself for these opportunities
0: and I totally agree with you and uh, I relate to what you're saying Mm -hmm. because there's this, there's this expectation that, you know, because I've studied law, you know, it's a highly coveted tazia, I'll just finish school yes. and I'll get a job, but the reality is that even nowadays there are so many lawyers, it's so easy to study law and everyone now wants to study law, so you get out and you realize that you are thousands of you out there, mm-hmm. and so i just like to know that uh, looking at And we connected earlier on LinkedIn and I see all the great things that you're doing with youth and children besides, you know, the corporate law. For those who are listening and they're asking themselves, what can they do to stand out from all the other many lawyers out there?
1: That's so true. And you see, standing out from the rest is, it's a skill. It's not something you're born with. Mm -hmm. So I'd also like to tell people that, it's not too late to start. If you feel like while in campus, there's nothing, no extracurriculum activities that you engaged in and now you've graduated and you only have your degree, it's not too late to start. So what I'd like to say is, I would want to give like a few tips that would guide people, especially Mm -hmm. young female lawyers, those who are still in campus, those who still want to pursue law, those who have graduated and are thinking into going into care cell, or now waiting to get admitted. Many at times, people often wonder, like, where are these opportunities that we keep talking about? Mm. And it's good that you've mentioned LinkedIn, because trust me, that has been my major source of opportunity. I realized that in this while that we are in at right now the digital space is an asset and with corona Mm -hmm. it actually made things so vivid so i would want to ask a question how well do our viewers use social media to help themselves how well do they use social media to know make a living and from social media not just like tweet comment you know not just the fun social media. So for me, the first thing I'd say is start start as early as now. It's not too late. And how do you do that? Number one, how well do you position yourself? When you look at my LinkedIn profile, as you've said, we are very young in this profession, but trust me, I have decided to use my LinkedIn quite well. I have a huge following of over 11,000 people. And these are CEOs, top people in their industries. And do you know what? I never look at myself as, you know, this young lawyer. I send Mm -hmm. direct messages to them asking for an opportunity. I like, I comment on posts which are in line with what I want to do. And this is how I'm actually then talking to you. I remember <laughs> commenting, I'm interested on you know speaking on your podcast. So how do we as young female lawyers engage with our social media? How well do we connect with other people? And funny thing is when these opportunities are put there on social media, very few people actually go ahead and apply for them But do you know, even if you apply for a position and you get a rejection, the company or the organization normally has your email. So what they'll do is they'll keep on sending, if you subscribe to their mailbox, they'll keep on sending opportunities for you. And that is how, for me, I have had so many rejections, but you realize a certain organization, despite having sent me a rejection, Sent me a similar opportunity in line with my qualifications. And so that's one thing that as young people, we need to embrace. Many a times, people get rejected and you're like self pity mode. You do not want to wallow in your pity.
0: You know, and I totally agree with you. And uh, for all the viewers and listeners of Africa Voice podcast, please, if you're not on LinkedIn, that is where you should spend your time especially if you're aspiring to be a great lawyer, a renowned lawyer, this is the place where you should stay. And now that you're talking about social media, I I see that, you know, the podcast is taking a whole direction, but that's how it usually is. So, um, do you think there are some some mistakes that, you know, young lawyers that they make on social media that could be sabotaging the reason as to why they're not getting jobs or they're always getting rejections? and how can they improve on that
1: that's true that is totally true Valerie I agree in one way or the other I believe there's mm. this thing my dress my choice you know my life my rules but again if you look at social media there's a reason we have Instagram we have Twitter we have Facebook so one thing I do want to say is know which platform you're on and which content you want to put across on that platform. For me, my Instagram definitely is not the same as my LinkedIn because I know the content I'm supposed to put on Instagram. But there's no way you'd find me posting my beach photo on LinkedIn. Mm. Exactly. It would not make any sense. And that that is one mistake I see young people do. Young lawyers in the profession, we have gone for events, we go for conferences, and we decide to, of course, post whatever it is you are doing. Was it drinking? Was it having fun? But the problem is you on the wrong platform. So guard how you want your viewers to see your content. Another mistake, you are on social media, but you're just there to see. You don't like, you don't comment, so people don't know that you're actually there. So you realize people are online, but I can tell Valerie is online. If Valerie is just on her phone scrolling, but if Valerie comments, shares, asks for something, then I'm able to see. Wow, she's doing something great.
0: Very, very true, and. I have nothing to add there. All I can say is just take your notebook whoever is listening, just note down because social media, you know, COVID-19 has come to show us that social media plays a very big role in our lives, especially in our careers. So I just like to add our listeners to be careful about what they post on social media, where and how they post it. Then, you know, just as we were talking, I remember you mentioned something about you had taken part in a certain competition Mm -hmm. and it's a competition and you are able to emerge as the third nationally and this gave you the opportunity to go to south africa for further competitions Mm -hmm. could you just share more about it and uh, how was your experience there
1: so i remember back in campus i was still in fourth year i was Mm -hmm. at a public university and you know in our country with public universities strikes are bound to happen so it was during that period when you're not having classes, you've not started your research paper, and so you have a lot of free time on your hands. And I remember a friend of mine sharing with me a certain essay by Kenya Bureau of Standards on the role of quality infrastructure and sustainable development you know, in facilitating trade in the African free continental trade area. And what came to my mind was like, huh. I have no idea totally of what the theme of this essay is, but I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to give it a thought. So I decided to research on it, mm-hmm. realized, ah, oh, KEBS has been doing so much. There's something called African Free Trade, Continental Free Trade Area, and it really intrigued me. So I was up and running. So while my friends were busy, you know, having a good time, around, I decided, let me take my step and, you know, try it out. Before I knew it, I found an email congratulating mm. me for having emerged the third and the female, the only female for that matter, from Kenya. And so part of the prizes, we won cash prizes and, you know, a fully funded trip to South Africa. This was like the best news ever. I mean, it's South Africa. And we went to the best city, like in mm-hmm. South Africa, Durban. It's like coming to Kenya and then going to the coast, so you can you can imagine mm-hmm. the excitement I had. So at the back of my mind, um, I was like, I'm going to explore South Africa, but at the same time, I'm going to ensure that I make my net- networks expand, and that is what exactly I did. So on arriving um, in South Africa. I remember we had meetings with top leaders from Africa and the continent, just congregated to discuss matters trade. And I remember I was called to read out my essay. Of course, there's that panic. And you know, you're before the who's and who's. It's like appearing before the presidents of the country, but it's now the presidents in that organization. And so we also had breakout sessions. However, I remember on this one point, like I was one among, I don't know, like 17 men in a room. And so I remember raising my hand to ask a question. And the MC, it's like, he was giving me, you know, blue ticks, but physically, he was just not seeing me. Then I asked him <laughs> <now>. <laughs> I mean, What's the reason? Then it hit me that, oh, maybe Mm it's because I had a skirt and these are men. But at the end of the day, I Mm entered to write down what I had, and I literally took it now to the then president. She was a woman called Dr. Eve from Zimbabwe. Then she looked at me and she was Mm -hmm. like, why didn't you say this during the breakout session? Then I told her how it was, and she told me, I I feel you, I have been there, but guess what, (laughs) I didn't let that make me, you know, coy and not want to be heard. So when she was giving the vote of thanks, I remember her calling my name and she told me to stand up and she was like, I met this young girl from Kenya and this is what she had to say. I felt so honored at the time because I was like, oh, my goodness. My question has been read to now every single person who came for that Mm -hmm. assembly, And it was not just that one breakout session. So what I'd want to say is for the young women out there, do not feel intimidated that you're the only girl or you're the only woman leading this or that. And in most cases, I normally say, take the risk no matter what people are saying. Just take the risk.
0: Wow, mm-hmm. that's very amazing. And so many things come out from your story. There's the aspect of, first of all, you taking up the essay competition, even though you had minimal you know, understanding or knowledge on the same. Yes. So I hope that's something our listeners can gain. And also you, you said something about you You decided to take up the competition when people are having fun, you know, in campus and that kind of thing. And I'm sorry to say this, but I think it's important for us to realize that at times for us to make it and stand out from everyone, it's important to sacrifice. At times you have to forego that party, yes. that they say Dunda in Kiswahili and just decide that, you know what, I have to do this because you want to be the best. That's the vision you have for yourself. And then you've also said something about being persistent. The fact that they didn't pick on you, you still wrote it, you took it there. And, you know, it's very ashaming to know that we're in the 21st century and you are still talking about gender discrimination. And uh, it's not something that we should get mad about But do something about it, and I like the fact that you took a step. And you see, your point was very valid, and it was heard in a room full of, you know, different people from, I'm sure, all across Africa, not just Kenya and South Africa. So that's really, really great. Um, uh, Something else. Something else is that you know we were talking the other day, and you're telling me about how you've done a lot of volunteering and even advocacy work with various non-governmental organizations. And in equal measure, you've also done a lot of, you know, legal work with corporate firms and law firms. So I'd just like to know, you know, the, the, today I'm speaking facts. I'm just being honest. There's something about le- the legal sector. Mm-hmm. And uh, lawyers, we are usually very narrow-minded. And at times, we usually just think that it's all about what you are taught in school, corporate law and company law. But it's really inspiring that you have also decided to diversify your skills. And you're also doing a lot of advocacy policy and human rights with young people and the children. So could you just talk more about the importance for, you know, us as lawyers to diversify our skills, even if it's not in the advocacy space, but the need for you to have just more than what you are taught in school as law.
1: Exactly. Thank you so much, Valerie, for asking the question. I don't know if you guys in your school had elective courses. Yes, we did. We did, right? In third year
0: and fourth year.
1: Exactly. Have you Mm -hmm. ever pictured yourself maybe doing something or engaging in an activity that is an elective course you never did?
0: Never, ever. Never, ever. Let's
1: say. Yes.
0: What the course called sports law. (laughs) So I I don't see myself being a sports lawyer ever in my life.
1: (laughs) Okay, so which means if now I tell you of an opportunity in sports law, would you take it out?
0: I will most likely not.
1: (laughs) And you see, that's where our problems start. I will most likely not. Yes, that's Mm -hmm. where our problems start. You realize that when you're in certain courses, maybe you decided not to take for reasons of maybe the lecture would have failed you or so many people did take it or because of your personal reasons you decided not to take a certain course but guess what with changing times you come and realize that sports law is actually becoming a good area and so what are these to the young people be flexible be flexible because where we're at right now, change is inevitable. Can I tell you, I did intellectual property law as an elective course. And I never did a course called media law. But last year, I remember doing work at a tech company. And you see, when I had that job, I would not tell them that, hey, I never did media law. You see, I had to position myself a that tech company, and actually deliver. And so what am I trying to say? I want us to go away from this notion of saying that you can't be a jack of all trades. You need to specialize. But guess what? With this changing time, things are moving fast. You need to know what's happening. You need to be part of the conversation. If you specialize, for instance, in an area um give me an example an area that is currently really not that it let's say airspace law airspace law i also remember Mm -hmm. i never did devolution law because at the back of my mind i was like Mm -hmm. "Ah, i'm not into devolution and constitutional matters (laughs) exactly exactly but you see lawyers who are there senior lawyers who were there before now devolution and all this if they decided to you know close their mind and not want Mm -hmm. to know more about county laws devolution you see that's something that came up so what i'd want to say is be flexible try to open your mind and the main problem that i have seen is you meet a young lawyer you ask them so what can you do they're like, I can do contract law, this and this and this. But then there's a, there's a huge difference between what we actually do in school, the theory part, and what is now practical. The contract you studied in school, you studied in KSL, then when you now come to the real practice world, you realize you need to draft more documents which you never learned in school. So what happens to you if you're not able to you know, draft such documents? We are lucky Google is here. But again, another thing I would advise is nurture your skills. It does not matter that maybe you never did a certain elective. There are nowadays online courses. You've talked about sport law and how you've never done it. Maybe one day you can just decide, I want to do a certificate course on sports law. diploma course on sports law or even actually master in sports law because over time you find yourself you've developed some interest in it and that's where you see your passion is going to be
0: and uh yeah i think that is those are insights that we all need to take it home especially for those who wish to you know make it in the legal industry yes so to this discussion who is a female lawyer that you look up to and you're like when i see this woman she inspires me a lot
1: Hmm. interesting question so of course i have many women i look up to female lawyers i look up to Mm -hmm. the top of my list is michelle obama michelle obama inspires me in all the ways anyone could imagine. Um, For Michelle, it's not even the fact that she was a first lady of the United States. For me, it's the fact that she was a female lawyer. And Michelle always says that you should find people who make you better. And for her, I watched her TED Talks, her YouTube videos, and I get inspired by one thing women should be supporting each other and even looking at the work that she's doing advocating for you know poverty eradication healthy lifestyle mm-hmm. she inspires me in all those ways
0: awesome 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 mm-hmm. so to conclude this discussion i just like to thank our listeners for being with us throughout this discussion and uh, if you are not following us on Instagram, I don't know what you're waiting for, <laughs> but follow us at Afrigal Rise and at Valerie Wasalet Engage. Kindly take a screenshot of the podcast conversation, depending on the podcast app you're using, and tell and tell us what is your main takeaway from this discussion. And uh, see you in the next episode. It was great having all of you here. Wahiri.